This is an energy sport podcast. Insightful, in-depth and entertaining sports content from Napier to you. This is the Fantasy Ramble, the best student-run FPL show in the country. Join our panel as they take you through the biggest fixtures from each Premier League game week, giving you their advice on how to succeed in your FPL mini-leagues. Expect in-depth discussion, wild takes and plenty of laughs right here on the Fantasy Ramble. Hello and welcome back to the Fantasy Ramble. My name is Jack Donnelly and you are listening to Energy Sports' flagship fantasy football show where we give you insight and tips ahead of the upcoming batch of Premier League fixtures. As always, I'm joined by some of Napier's finest FPL managers to discuss the upcoming set of fixtures. First up, we've got Struan Garvey. How are you doing, mate? Yeah, I'm doing pretty well. I'm happy it's Friday. It's, it's the weekend, as I'm sure the Daniel Craig gift will once again be circulating on Twitter. And it's raining quite heavily here. That's your, that's your weather update, your, your bi-podcast weekly... weather update. Yeah, it was absolutely horrible. I'd just been out for a run in it and it was absolutely drenched when I came back in. And it's just it's just not given up, to be honest. Well, I have to say, it's the same down here. I'm getting battered by the, the wind and the rain in, the, in old Troon uh, today. And I've got, a, I've got a run to look forward to tonight. So, there's no excuses. There's no excuses whatsoever. Jamie McIntosh is also here. How are you today, Jamie? Yes, very good. Um, I, I like Struan's intro there regarding the weather. Uh, we had a bit of rain this morning in the capital, but it's cleared up just now. We have clear skies, the sun was shining, but we will have some more rain uh, overnight, apparently. Is this what like, our chats come to? Like, just in I, I like it. I, 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 like I do it. enjoy it. I like it, the but... weather intros. I think it's important. We're, all, we're, all, uh, we're not together, so we need to kind of describe our surroundings and what the weather's like in our respected areas. You're right. You're absolutely right. We've not we've not been together for wait, bloody hell. When's the last time we would have been in the studio for this? Like this time last year, maybe. Was it the last time yeah. we were in the studio? Which is depressing. Was it the one that I had to sprint in from the train? <laughs> oh, it might have been. You know, I. <laughs> oh, that that rings a bell. Actually, yeah. Goodness me. No, but it's good. It generally just does scream lockdown chat though. <laughs> You're all over the place, and what's the first thing you talk about? It's the weather. Uh, we might have someone else. Sunny, isn't it? <laughs> You're right, Neymar. Yeah, sunny, isn't it? Uh, Graham Sinclair is here to round out our panel today as a bit of a last minute inclusion. How are you today, Graham? I feel like I'm in a phone call with my granny with all the weather updates. Is that a. That's what I get. If I phone my grandma, it's, well, how's the weather in Livingston? <laughs> it's not a bad thing. You must you, you must love your gran. So. Very much so. so it's the same what, I don't love is the, what I don't love, Jack, is the Premier League. You don't no. You don't. you've been anti Premier League for a number of weeks now. Don't like the Premier League. Don't play fantasy anymore. Happy to be on the show, with the fantasy Rambo. <laughs> You're filling the Sean McGill role today, aren't you? This yeah, is... the the jaded sports fan. Jaded. Sport. The jaded Premier League football fan. Yep, very. That's a very fair point. Uh, just with the upcoming uh, Premier League weekend, it's another double game week, but only for two teams as both Leeds and Southampton are playing twice, facing Wolves and Chelsea respectively, before playing each other on Tuesday night. So that's your your early tip for this podcast, is to look into potentially Leeds and Southampton players. Realistically, not defenders, because I doubt either keep a clean sheet, but attackers might do you some good this weekend. Uh, we are going to get this show on the road as per usual. We are going to be starting off with premium picks. And we are going to be starting our premium pick segment on this show with our first game being the Merseyside Derby. Liverpool taking on Everton at half five on Saturday night at Anfield. 
Uh, they suffered the same level of defeat in the last results, both sides. It was a 3-1 away defeat at Leicester for Liverpool and a 3-1 home defeat at home to Manchester City for Everton. Now, unlike Merseyside derbies in season past, this one actually might hold a little bit of value as Liverpool set just one place above Everton, three points ahead of them. So if the Toffees win, they some some would say go into joint sixth, but they stay seventh and remain behind on goal difference. Uh, Struan, what, what do we reckon? Do we reckon that there's a chance that Everton do this or do we think it's just going to be another Liverpool win in a Merseyside derby? I think there's definitely a chance for Everton. I mean, they have been quite good this season. We've seen Liverpool in the league have, have not been anywhere near their usual standards. But I think the injuries to Dominic Calvert-Lewin and I think Yerry Vina is also going to be out would be quite big for Everton. I mean, those are probably two, oh, two massive misses. Yeah, no, absolutely. Those two are probably some of the most influential players in Everton's squad. I mean, everyone that plays FPL knows just how good Calvert-Lewin's been this season. Uh, Graham, Liverpool obviously have played more recently than Everton. They played... Or oh, well, they actually played the same night, didn't they? Played Wednesday yeah, night. Everton, Everton, Liverpool played Tuesday, my friend. I am all over the place for my days. You know, it's just one of those lockdown things. You just get caught up in what day it is. Uh, they both played on Tuesday night, and Liverpool. they didn't. Oh, God, so. <laughs> so who, right, remind, who played when? Liverpool played in Budapest on Tuesday. Yes. Two 0 and then Everton played Manchester City on Wednesday at Goodison Park. Right, okay. I knew Everton played Wednesday, but then I got confused by Champions League. It's I've been, I've been busy today, boys. I was up early. I was I've no excuses, but uh, so Graham, you saw Liverpool play against Leipzig. Uh, were they kind of back to their kind of level, or was it just a case of Leipzig being fairly poor? Liverpool were excellent in the game on Tuesday. I thought uh, the I was just not looking forward to it, although Liverpool have been pretty good against the big teams this season for the most part but I thought Leipzig were going to cause them real problems I thought they were still playing with a makeshift back four and Leipzig had some real threatening players going forward and I thought they'd be able to like, create it well but Liverpool were pretty good at keeping them at bay for the most part there was a couple of chances one at the start and one at the end that Leipzig maybe sh- will look back on and score I think they should have scored but they were much better especially in the press that was the big discussion or point or the big taking point from that game for Liverpool they pressed like the Liverpool that we expect and what we saw from Liverpool when they were at their best mm. I think maybe Liverpool might start to focus on trying to win a Champions League and the league will become a secondary focus although they obviously they still want top four but Wednesday eh, Tuesday oh you got me didn't it Tuesday's, <laughs> perform- Tuesday's performance was largely encouraging so how do you think they've approached this game then, if you are considering that they might make the Champions League more of a priority? Well, this, one's, this one is different from the rest because there is going to be a certain amount of bite to this, of course. Well, it's a Merseyside derby, there's always a little bit, but October's one, the 2-2 draw, was a particularly bad, like, an aggressive affair. They obviously picked Pickford, injured Van Dijk. Yep. Richarlison injured Thiago in that game, both Van Dijk's out for the season. Thiago had a Big layoff. So I think Liverpool are really, really focused in this game and trying to get some like revenge. This is probably a game they've had circled in their calendar as the biggest the one games, since yeah. that game. It just even though it's already a big game, the Merseyside Derby, but because of previous games, this one is one they will have been thinking about for a long time. Jamie, with that in mind, would we be backing Liverpool players to make a return to FPL squads? I mean, I know they're a lot of money for the majority of them. 
but would we be starting to consider bringing the likes of Mane, Salah, uh, Robertson, Trent back in? Um, I, I'm not so sure, to be honest. Um, you, the problem with Liverpool players is they're so expensive. Yeah. Um, and obviously when you're paying that amount of money, you kind of want almost kind of guaranteed points, like what you're getting with um, something like Bruno Fernandes, for example, or Kevin De Bruyne when he was fit. Mo Salah is probably your your best best bet, most consistent bet probably, but I'm not sure I would rush to bring them in. They do have Sheffield United and Fulham after this, um, so maybe if you were wanting to bring them in for the mm-hmm. kind of next few games, it's it's maybe a good bet. But I wouldn't bring them in solely for this game, personally. Would you Would you consider anyone from Everton? I mean, it's. I, I, I don't know, I could see Everton having a chance in this game, but I don't know if I can look past Liverpool and a Merseyside derby, especially as Graham said, considering how the last one went. They've got such a terrible record in the Merseyside derby. Um, Not one in ten uh, years? Over ten years now. I think it was... Was it 2010? 2010 the last one Merseyside derby? I think it was. I think, I think 10th anniversary think was last season, wasn't it? Yeah, I think Mikel Arteta scored. <laughs> Which tells you how long ago it was. Absolutely. Um, Calvert Lewin. I don't know. If, is Calvert Lewin fit? No. I didn't listen to. He's not. But well, Alan. Yeah, Mc, Alan might be a back. He's available. He's been out for a long right. time. Is he not your flop of the season at the start of the? He was. You're right. Yeah. He. I said he had the potential to flop, much like kind of Jorginho. Uh, I thought he was a similar type of player. I think was my reasoning, but because mm. uh, I, I did think Jorginho's had his moments where he struggled, but Absolutely. he is uh, back in the starting eleven now. Obviously. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know how, how I see this one going. I think Liverpool will come into this one really up for it. I think they're, they're due a result in the league, especially because Champions League was a very, very good result, but they do start need to pick up the wins in the league again. Uh, right, what are we thinking in terms of a score prediction then? Struan, what, what, what would you see this one ending up as? I've gone for a 3-1 Liverpool victory. I've, I've got Mo Salah, who is my transfer this week in fantasy, to be Ooh. the man of the match. How have you have you shuffled that pack around to get the funds for him? Who have you sacrificed? I, I took out Sterling. You know, I, oh, really? I captained him in a double game week, and I know he's probably going to score against um, Arsenal now this weekend. But I just feel, I just don't think you get a good return from Sterling that often. You know, every you'll have an incredible game, but then you'll be quiet for about three or four after. And I think in fantasy, you just you just can't afford to have that. You need the consistency. You need a good consistent run of games rather than one spectacular result every three weeks or so. And I think Salah is that. I think he's very consistent this season. Yeah, yeah I would echo that. I would echo that about Sterling. Um, he, I had a look. I think it was actually before the Everton game. I had a look at his kind of um, points per game week scores for this season, and they were kind of just like six, seven, five, six, and that's all right. But considering you're paying what you're paying for him quite a lot I can't remember off the top of my head and you know, about 12 time, I think it is a lot of the time he's kind of captain material it's not enough it's no, not enough it's points not for, enough. From, from your, some people's kind of captain um, it's not enough so yeah I would echo that Sterling's maybe a little overpriced to be honest based on uh, consistency I think it's, he, might, he might get a goal he might get an assist but then there will typically be someone else in that city team be it Gundogan be it De Bruyne be it Foden or even one of the defenders, that will pick up, pick up the bonus points instead because they will outperform. He's never the top performer in a City team. He hasn't been this season at one point. There's always been at least one or two other players in the team on the day that just perform better and then he misses out on bonus points as a result, which is a detriment to your team because you could have 
a much more effective player for cheaper, realistically. With that in mind, Graham, how do, how do you see your team coming away with this one? I fancy this will pick up three points, barring a City or Leicester still collapse, which has been the case in Premier League. I'll go for a 2-1, I think Salah will be the key player. He has been Liverpool's key player and the, most, the only kind of consistent presence in the team that has kind of fallen apart a little bit. Jamie, how about yourself? Uh, 1-0 to Liverpool. A tight game, um, not much in it, and Liverpool to sneak it just on kind of quality. I think uh, somebody like Salah, I think, could could just be the difference in that. And I think Harvard Lewin uh, missing as well for for Everton is going to be uh, is going to be a big miss. Obviously, he we know what he brings to that team, and I just think they could be a bit toothless up front, to be honest. And once again, it'll be a a defeat in the Merseyside derby for the Toffees. I'm backing you guys. I do not think Everton get the result in this one. I think it's going to be an 11-year wait at minimum for them in getting a result in their derby. I'm going to go. I've gone for a two-nil to Liverpool. Personally, uh, I just can't really see Everton's attack without Calvert Lewin. Granted, they scored against City through the Charleston, but I just think Everton Everton are just not going to be able to do anything here. Even though they scored two back in uh, October, was it Graham or am I? Yeah, I'm just checking the month, making sure I was right with the month. Uh, yeah, so I'd, even though they scored two then, I just don't think they've still got that bite. That was their early season kind of high. We know how good Everton were at that point in the season, but they've lost that and they've become a lot more consistent. It was a winnable game and then a difficult game against City in their double game week and they picked up zero points from a possible six. So I think their kind of early season steam is definitely gone and the lack of Calvert-Lewin has been a massive telling point in that. So 2-0 to Liverpool. And let's make it 4 from 4 then. Mo Salah is going to be the, the key man in this one. I don't disagree with Strunshout at all of bringing him in. I think of all of Liverpool's forwards, he's been the best value for money, which is surprising considering he's been the most expensive. But it just kind of shows his quality, uh, how well he can still find the back of the net, even in a struggling team. Let's move on to the second of our three premium picks and we are moving south to London for a game between Arsenal and Manchester City uh, playing out at 4.30 on Sunday afternoon at the Emirates. Uh, it was a 4-2 win against Leeds at home for Arsenal in their last match. Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang back amongst the goals for his first Premier League hat-trick, believe it or not. And as we said, it was a 3-1 win for Manchester City at Goodison Park. Now, that Goodison Park match, lads, uh, gave us a bit, a bit of a glimpse into the City future, or the near future, as Kevin De Bruyne made his return to action off the bench. And Jamie, considering that Ilkay Gundogan is still a doubt, uh, Pep Guardiola has come out and said that he will not assess the availability until Sunday morning, how important could De Bruyne's return be if their main goal scorer in the last few weeks is potentially sidelined? Yeah, um you know, look, good, good. The ones had a, had a very good season, especially for uh, for goals. I think we spoke about it last week on the ramble that Gundogan had scored kind of double figures this season for you know the first time. I, I don't know how long, maybe for the first time. I don't know, but it's certainly not usually uh, something that's been a part of his game. But that playing a, a little more advanced um, has certainly benefited him and benefited City as well. Uh, fortunately, it's not going to be a, a kind of long-term injury. It doesn't seem, if, you know. I don't think he'll play on Sunday. But the fact that he's kind of still in contention is is a good thing from City's point of view because it means that it's not too serious. Um, 
but yeah, De Bruyne coming back is massive. You don't need me to tell you what he brings to that City team. Um, he's one of the best players in the Premier League, if not the best. And um, yeah, it's. I'm really looking forward to this game. Actually, I, uh, I, I'm with Graham, um, with the fact that the Premier League has been pissing me off recently. Um, there's been a few <laughs> games where I've been really looking forward to them, and I just thought this just rubbish. Um, but I, I do have quite high hopes for this game. And uh, I think both teams will get on the score sheet, but I do think City will will sneak it. And I don't actually know who the key player is. Phil Foden, let's say he's uh, he's impressed me. And with Gundogan injured, De Bruyne, I don't know if he'll start or not. Yeah. I I'll, I'll play it safe and say Phil Foden to to be the key man in a City win, but with both teams scoring. I like it. I do like it. Uh, Graham, looking at Arsenal, I mean. They, they might kind of come into this one a bit dogged, a bit tired. I mean, they had their Europa League match against Benfica last night on the day of recording. Uh, am I right in saying Saka scored in that game? I, I was kind of ad- ad- adverse to the Europa League results last night. Um, yeah, so Saka scored, just he continues to shine as a very, very good and sensible transfer option in FPL. Aubameyang back amongst the goals, I don't know if that's going to be prolonged. A stint, you would like to think so from an Arsenal point of view, that their their main striker would be in amongst the goals for an extended period of time. But that's not always the case in football, as we've seen at Chelsea this season. So what do we think about Arsenal coming into this match? I mean, do we start potentially looking at players again, or do we wait until it's not Manchester City? Well, I'm, I'm going to ignore what we say about putting fantasy players because I just quite don't give a shit uh, and just talk about the game itself. And, and I am with Jamie, I think there's a lot of intrigue to this game. Uh, Aubameyang's come back in and importantly he's been played through the centre which is where Aubameyang should have been played Absolutely. from the start he was shuffled out left so that Lacazette could play at the start of the season and sometimes it was Aubameyang, Lacazette and William which just didn't work and Arsenal's kind of returned to form although they have been a bit Jekyll and Hyde has been largely based on getting Saka as a star player having somebody like Pepe or just kind of like somebody that can isn't isn't Star and like a star, but can score goals and mainly isn't William. And it's just been finding that main striker up front. And obviously, they had a bammy up there last week and he got a hat trick. Having said that, uh, this is just not the team for Arsenal that they no. want. This is a team that they have struggled with massively in the last uh, recent, like in the recent history, really. I think they've City are unbeaten in 10 and I don't think any of those games have been particularly close City have just had Arsenal's number and I, this City team are absolutely rampant right now and I don't see that changing Struan, what about yourself? How do you see kind of both teams coming into this one? Well, I'm, I'm kind of going to go a bit different with this one and just have a bit of a crazy prediction in the sense I actually think Arsenal are going to win this game and the reason why I think that is I think it's it's not necessarily going to be complacency from Man City, but I just I just fancy Arsenal at the moment. I feel I feel they're kind of getting back into form at the moment, and I think as we said, they've sort of Man City have tended to have Arsenal's number quite recently, but then after the game in the it was the FA Cup semi final last year, I think it was they got they got the better of them there, and I think mm-hmm. there's just that the wee storyline, the wee rivalry there. So I think I'd, I I could just see an upset. I don't know why. Do you think that like kind of rivalry's kind of pushed almost because it's Mikel Arteta at the helm at Arsenal, Pep Guardiola's supposed apprentice? Do you feel like that's just kind of been a manufactured rivalry? Yeah, I think so. I, th- I think league position this season it, it, it's completely random. You know, I don't, I don't think they've 
there's really anything between the two of them. You know, Arsenal are pushing for European places. Man City are probably definitely going to win the title at this point. So I think it is just sort of that master and the apprentice role. And I seem to remember in the fixture earlier on this season, it was decided by one Raheem Sterling goal, but I think it was quite close, if I remember back. I'm sure Arsenal hit the post or something like that. It was another one of these just dreadful nothing games. Oh, yeah, totally. We've, we've tended to get in the big ones. Ah, the big ones this season have been wildly disappointing. Very few good ones. And I, 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 yeah, I, I think a 2-1 Arsenal victory, I don't think it'll be the best of games. So we're, we're not expecting anything from Sterling, clearly, this, this weekend, strewing it. Which city players would you back to make the make an impact, if any? Do you know? Well, as I've said, a loss. I can't really mention the defenders because obviously not. But it's just so hard to predict with the attackers. I guess De Bruyne. If Gundogan's going to be out, De Bruyne will probably play there. I mean, I remember looking at the lineup ahead of the Everton game, and you know he had Rodri who was playing in midfield as, as the holder, and then it was. It was Bernardo Silva, Foden, Mahrez, Sterling and Jesus, and you're just thinking, that's five attackers, isn't it, passed on from there? How are you supposed to predict who's actually going to play it or not? Yeah. So, it, it's think... definitely a, a tough one, tough one to call for sure, but I don't know I don't know if De Bruyne will be risked almost, just if he's not at full fitness, even though the size of the occasion is big. Uh, I, can, I can maybe see him just kind of sticking with Mahrez and Silva and Sterling out wide, Jesus through the middle and then Rodri and Foden in midfield. Move Foden back into midfield rather than playing him outright where he's played a few times this season. So I think Foden's who had back actually. I think Foden's been very good this season. I think he's going to be a regular throughout the rest of it. I do agree. I think Foden's been absolutely excellent and still a very smart pick up if you're looking for a fairly cheap midfielder that's going to get goal involvements and realistically points. Uh, so have you got a did, Graham, did we get a score prediction from you at all? No, we didn't. I think uh, City are going to win this game comfortably 2-0, even if it might just be kind of hanging on a little bit towards the end. I think eventually they'll, they'll look back at this game and think City were pretty comfortable and the result was never really in doubt. The only thing that would maybe make me change that is if Pep decides to rest players for the Champions League, mm. considering City can have one hand on the trophy. Yeah, very good point. Uh, Jamie, have you have you gotten any closer to narrowing down a score? I mean, I know you're saying a City win with both teams to score. A 2-1 sound? Yeah, something I, I, like said, I said a City win with both teams to score, but I am actually going to change my mind. I'm going to say 3 all. Oh! <laughs> yeah. That, that's said, vastly different. Again, it's more, in, uh, pipe? <laughs> more, in, hope, more in hope than expectation. Um Oh, just a big game, like an, an enjoyable game to watch. Yeah, at this just, point. just yeah, game. for for the neutral anyway. I don't really don't really care who wins. Um, I do think Arsenal have a chance. To be honest, if kind of De Bruyne, Gundogan not going to be playing, I've taken Ederson out my team. He's on the bench. Um, I do think they'll concede, and uh, I've brought in Mister Abamyang. Oh, oh, indeed. Oh, you! Oh, you've had you've had a points hit then this week. I took a points hit, yeah. Right. Okay. We'll, um, we'll delve into that, I suppose, when we get to. Yeah, I, I just, I just think Arsenal could cause them a few problems. Um, we've spoken about Saka. I just think there's a lot of excitement in this Arsenal attack, especially going forward. Um, and I just think they could cause City a few problems. I don't think I wouldn't be keeping Ederson or that in my in your or your City defenders in your team this week. It's a it's a bold move, especially considering how f- how many people will have City defenders and p- are particularly Edison in their team. I know I've got him. He has dropped to my bench at the moment, uh, just because I do have Mesley as my backup keeper and he is playing twice. So 
I feel like I'd be better going with him, but it's an interesting point you make, and I'm not sure it's going to be one one that will be picked up by a lot of people because I think people are just going to go on recency bias and recent form and just go with City regardless, which is exactly what I'm doing. <laughs> I am going for a three-one City win, uh, and of all people, I've got Raheem Sterling down as my key player. I don't know. I honestly don't know why I picked him. He just kind of. I plucked a name out of thin air with that one, I have to admit. Okay, I had, a, I had an Arsenal fan pal tell me I think Saka might be better than Sterling, so it bodes well for you that he's going to get to laugh at him when Sterling scores a double and wins the game for City. Yeah, I'm covering my back. That's exactly what, that's exactly what I'm trying to do. Uh, yeah, so that, that kind of wraps up uh, Arsenal versus City. Uh, we're moving on to the final of our premium picks here. Aston Villa versus Leicester at five past two kickoff on Sunday at Villa Park. It was a nil-nil draw last time for Villa away at Brighton, while Leicester we've already spoken about one-three-one at home against Liverpool. Now, Graham, I want to come to you about Leicester first because realistically, in that match between Liverpool and Leicester, they were the they were the weaker side for eighty minutes of that game. So yeah, coming yeah, into yeah. this match, mm-hmm. do we think it's going to be the same, or do we think they'll kind of take? confidence having had that fantastic last 10 minutes and just try and carry that on into this match hmm uh, I would think about Leicester they actually, although Liverpool were the better side last week for the most part Leicester it wasn't just Liverpool collapsing that allowed Leicester to get back in that game they changed formation I mentioned it on the round up I think they did, changed uh-huh. a, a diamond two strikers and it was really effective they Struggled a bit, yeah. I watched some of their game yesterday. That was the game I decided to choose for the early ones in the, the Europa League. And I thought they were kind of completely kind of neutered. The Vardy was only on for 60 minutes. He naturally didn't do much. And they weren't really ever going to win that game against Slavia Prague. It's a tough one to call this one. Because, more so because West Ham. Not West Ham. Aston Villa are playing wrong Claret and Blue. Aston Villa are such a strange team to predict. They feel like some weeks they show up and they could beat anyone in the league mm. in other weeks they can get absolutely hammered by teams I feel like really I guess that's kind of the theme of the season with some of these mid-table sides they can be amazing on their day they can be awful but Villa kind of to me epitomise that so I'm really struggling to find the words for, as to how this game's going to go as am I to be honest because I was kind of having a look at Villa and they got that 1-0 win against Arsenal through Ollie Watkins, that was brilliant, but then the week after, they go and draw with Brighton, who themselves have been kind of picking up results a bit more frequently. So mm-hmm. it's kind of a game of unknowns coming into this one, and for a, for two teams that do have a fairly prominent presence in fantasy this season, Jamie, it's a fairly tough one to call, as Graham said. Yeah, it's a very tough game to call. Um, I, I couldn't call it, to be honest. It sounds like one of my 1-1s all over for me to be honest um, been impressed with both teams at times and then kind of questioned and slagged them off at other times so I think I'll stick uh, stick down the middle on this one and say one all Struan uh, like uh, like Liverpool uh, Leicester are coming into this one having played midweek uh, played just last night in fact and Villa have been fresh since last weekend do we think there's going to be that sense of confidence coming into it that midweek football is back and European football is back and the teams with nothing to play for in Europe are going to be kind of relishing at their chance to play against the bigger teams that are playing away in Europe and have looked shakier at points this season than they normally would have done. 
Yeah, I think they have to take advantage of it, especially now as well with this fixture schedule. It's absolutely crazy. Two weeks a game for certain teams. Two games a week, sorry, for certain teams. Yeah, I said that wrong. Um, so I think Aston Villa need that. They really need to bounce back. They were dreadful against Brighton. Nemi Martinez basically kept them in that game. And I think Leicester as well would be quite gutted with a result like that to Slavia Prague. So, But as you said, I think they'll have confidence from the Liverpool game. So it's, it is very hard to predict because both of these teams seem to be incredible one week and then the next week you just sort of question how they are where they are on the table especially in Aston Villa's case where sometimes they're incredible and then sometimes they're just mm-hmm. not it's, it's, it's a really tough one I think I'd love to say I think it'll be quite a watchable game for that aspect but at the same time it'll probably be quite a boring one one all two one result but that that two one soon are you willing to give that who, who's that two one going to go to if it is I've I've given it to Leicester. Okay. And I've said Harvey Barnes because I'm been quite a fan of Brendan Rodgers this season of, of Leicester. And I think they are... I'd just like to see Leicester back back in that top four again this season. I think they've deserved it, especially the way they kind of fell apart from it last season. Yeah. I think the work they've done, they've had quite a lot of injuries as well this season, especially losing James Justin quite recently. So I think it would be nice for them to, to maintain that position right at the top. And it was and a one... Feel, oh, sorry. On you go. Sorry, go on. No, no, no. I was going to say... It's, it's, have a have a bad feeling that Leicester may sacrifice the Europa League to maintain top four, you know, give that up this season for Champions League next season. As good as a Europa League would be to them, I have a feeling that could they could be one of the four English teams is it four English teams? Yeah, one yeah, of the four English teams in the Europa League yeah. to, to potentially sacrifice it early on in focus of the top four. So you you think you think Leicester would be more likely to sacrifice the Europa League than someone like Manchester United? Yeah, I think so. I think United would probably be one of the ones who take it most seriously just because of how important it will be for Ollie in his job. Fair enough, fair enough. Uh, Jamie, you said, you said a 1-1 yourself. Uh, Graham, what about yourself? What? How do you see this game ending if you can give a prediction? I, th- I think I'm going towards a Leicester win, but I think it could be a, a good game. Leicester are a great away side and they, they, can count, they can hold possession, but they can also count really well if they have to. And on our side, they, they do have a lot of defensive injuries, there's no Fofana, there's no James Justin so Villa can get at them Grealish and McGinn and Watkins should all be licking their lips and fancying themselves to get the goal Mm -hmm. so I went for, I think Leicester have more quality overall so I went for a 3-2 Leicester in this one but I wouldn't be surprised if it it was flipped but I am expecting and hopeful for goals I like like 3-2, I like that as a shout Uh, I do agree I I completely forgot that Fofana wouldn't be involved and Justin obviously as well I think I'll go 2-2 for this one personally and I think Jack Grealish is going to leave a massive mark on this game he's gone a bit quiet recently Grealish so I think it might kind of lend itself well to him to be able to come back out and grab some headlines uh, and I think I'm just kind of hoping Villa do alright because I think I probably will have a, at least a couple of their players in my team for the weekend uh, that is going to bring us to an end for uh, Premium Picks this week. We are just going to move on just now and look at three lesser fixtures in wildcard options. And now we come on to wildcard options, which is where we take a look at three games that we felt had a bit less uh, relevance than the Premium Picks, but we still wanted to mention them anyway. Graham, we're going to start with West Ham versus Spurs. Now, typically when these two meet, it's a fairly big occasion for some reason. And Spurs tend to get the better West Ham. They kinda, and for most seasons, they tend to get the better West Ham. But this season, 
the kind of rule book's been torn up. Like there, there are there are no more uh, there are no more rules in the Premier League. Like anything can happen. And West Ham are having a fantastic season, sitting fifth, uh, just outside the top four, and Tottenham are languishing in a position below that that I don't exactly know because I cannot remember off the top of my head. It's ninth. Ninth. Wow. ninth. Jesus. Tottenham sit. Jesus. Ninth. Ninth on thirty-six points, the same amount as Aston Villa, who are above on goal difference. West Ham, I, I don't know if Antonio's going to be back, meaning they'll be playing without a striker again, which is silly for having sold Haaland, uh, not Haaland, good God, Haller in the in the January window. How, how do you see this game kind of panning out? Do you think West Ham can get a result in this one, or do you think Mourinho will kind of dig in his heels and produce a performance from nothing? I don't see that for Spurs. I'm, I think the Spurs side right now are completely... At the bottom of like what they like the bottom level is that they possibly can be. Their form in the league is absolutely atrocious, and it's. I think it's something that's been coming for a long time. Uh, they they were kind of. Like, I think the fans are growing fed up with Jose Mourinho, because even when they're winning games, they were doing it pretty. Unprettily, I guess if that's that. I'm gonna make just made up a word there. It was, never, it, was ne- it was never pretty. It was always just scraping wins and defending. Now that that's gone, they're not picking up points. They're ninth because they've they're on a terrible run of form, and it's just kind of brutal to watch Spurs at the moment. They're one of the least exciting teams in the league and for a team that have players like Kane, Son, and Nombly. That's quite quite a shame because that should be a team that's exciting to watch. So I think West Ham should be licking their lips at the the prospect of beating their rivals for beating the rivals. They they, they got the three three of course in the reverse fiction as the Lanzini goal in the last minute, which is crazy. Yeah. But this you never you'll never ever get a better chance to beat Spurs and even possibly beat them comfortably. This is a derby game. This is a, this is maybe the game for West Ham that means the most to the players and the supporters. So they should be right up for it. And I think they will be. To be quite mm-hmm. honest, I think they will be, and I think they will put in a proper performance against this lot because mm. you've said it themselves, they are nowhere near where they should or could be with the level of players that they have available to them. Exactly. And West Ham, what West Ham need to do is they need to go for Spurs. Like too many times against big teams, I think we feel like West Ham will try and sit in and just soak up pressure. But this West Ham team, for me, is on par with Spurs at the moment in terms of how good the teams actually are. So I think they need to not pay respect to the big sides, which I think is something that David Moyes can become quite guilty of. Mm-hmm. So, so that for me, that's what West Ham, West Ham need to play their own game rather than trying to just stop the game of Tottenham in this one. I think they have so many good attacking threats, both in the starting lineup and put and off the bench. Bowen, Bowen, Lingard, Antonio if he starts, apparently he's back in contention. So I would, I, I, I think West Ham will win this game. I hope West Ham win this game because they are a more exciting story, and that's basically what I have to say about this game. I'm gonna go for. I think I went for a one 0 or two 0 West Ham in my predictions, but I'm pretty sure I went for a West Ham win. A West Ham win. I'd like to see it because I, I'm scarily, I'm I'm worried about kind of how kind of appreciative and kind of enjoy enjoyable West Ham have been that for me this season. Like I I don't like the fact that I'm actually enjoying being able to watch West Ham. It's odd. <laughs> so. They're really well balanced side. They've Absolutely. got quality in pretty much every position. Maybe left back, they struggle with Chris Rose had a good season, but I think they could upgrade there. 
but for the most part they have a really well balanced squad which rather than make this season kind of oh my god how are they there more kind of says to me how were they so bad last year because most of these pieces were here yeah you look at that squad who's come in like realistically Kufal's been excellent Mm -hmm. Kufal's come in Ben Rama's come in last January so it was that January Mm -hmm. we saw saw him in in lockdown anyway he kind of knew he was was quality to begin with coming into this season Dawson came in that window as well I'm sure Mm -hmm. they've had Doug Bonner who's not come in that window but we've had players like Arbonne he, he has turned he's switched a switch and he's become a great central defender now which he hadn't shown in his West Ham career yeah just a, a good story a very exciting team and plenty, plenty mm-hmm. of plenty of good options for fantasy I know Graham doesn't want to talk about it but Joe Cole <laughs> he played for West Ham Jermaine Defoe he played for both he, was... <laughs> he did <laughs> Gareth Bale, he played for Spurs. He scored yeah. a goal yesterday. He did, but he's also a stupid price. I think he's over nine million. For is he actually? That is bizarre. I think they brought him back and gave him that price based on his last season in the Premier League. To be quite honest with you, possibly. Which is percentage a bit silly. of percentage of people that have Gareth Bale in their it's team. It's got to be in the zero points. Mister Admin. Mister Admin. Well, I'm, I'm, let me load up the app quickly. No, I think guess. Oh, wait, oh, have you have you got well, the stat? No, I do not. No, I was uh, I was going to look at the stat, but I wasn't sure if you had it handy. I've, I've got, got the stat. stat. All right, all right, all right. I'll guess point seven. Oh, it's lower than that. Is it? Yeah. Oh, fair enough. Sometimes you sure. get people that haven't looked at their team for ages and still got guys mm-hmm. like Jimenez and like Mister McGill. <laughs> I have uh, Zaha and James Justin. Yep. Yeah, I believe James Justin's out for the season, is he not? Yes, that's correct. Yeah, I'll go 0.3 if we're getting. That's correct, Struan, 0.3. Oh. Right. Stephen Bergwijn and Deli Alley have more selections than, than, than Gareth Bale, which is quite funny, to be honest. Is there a point in even considering a Spurs player who's not called Harry or Hyung Min Son? No. Why did Hyung Min Son get his full name and Harry Kane didn't? Harry Winks. Harry Winks. Harry Winks. That's how. We're talking it. about Harry Winks, yeah. Is it his full name, Hyung Min Son and Dombly? That that is his full name. <laughs> uh, let's move on. Uh, let's go to our second wild card option. And Jamie was clamouring for this to be in uh, premium picks at the start, just before we started recording. So I'm giving it to him here. We're going to be talking about Fulham versus Sheffield United. Which do we do? We go with the cliche. Let's go with the cliche. A relegation six pointer. Uh, right down the bottom end, Fulham are six points from Premier League safety, or six points from getting outside of the drop. Sheffield United have looked more convincing in recent weeks, but I believe it is just a case of too little too late for them. And with the news coming out today that John Egan is out for eight weeks with a broken toe, that is just consigning them to their already pre-existing fate even more. Jamie, we kind of had a chat last this time last week about Fulham and a certain striker that you were considering bringing in. You opted not to, and he scored two goals. Yeah, Josh Madger. Um, he has been brought into my team this week. Um, he's a he's a value striker. I've spoken uh, to be fair when when I brought this up last week, it was um, a conversation that had kind of started about the kind of poor quality of strikers at the moment. Um, there was not an awful lot of 
kind of strikers that I was drawn to. We we spoke about how kind of loads of people had Bamford, Antonio, Watkins, Calvert Lewin, and I just thought he was a bit more of a, a left field pick and uh, yeah, just a just a bit of a gamble. Um, at the price, I'm liking what I'm seeing from Fulham at the moment. Um, I I I had Lukman in my team earlier in the season. Um, I did think that they. They do look okay going forward. I just think the defence had kind of been their Achilles heel at the start of the season. They create mm-hmm. chances, but they've just kind of struggled to put them away. And I, I do think that if uh, if Fulham can continue to create chances, chances, then Josh Maja will put a few of them away. So uh, yeah, I would I would uh, recommend him. They've got Sheffield United at home, and then they've got Crystal Palace away. So two winnable games, and um, two two games where they could easily score a few goals. Uh, as for Sheffield United, you're absolutely right to mention John Egan. Uh, John Egan's injury is probably the final nail in the in the coffin for Sheffield United this season. Um, you'd probably struggle to find too many people that are uh, happy that they are getting relegated. I think everybody kind of grew to like this team last season. Uh, grew to like Chris Wilder as a manager, and but yeah, it just hasn't really been good enough this season. I don't know if teams have cottoned on. What's the word? If teams have caught on to caught on, uh, yeah. to caught on to their style style of play obviously they were very hard to beat last season but they were a bit one dimensional they didn't really seem to have much of a plan b last season they just stuck to the stuck to the game plan and made themselves hard to beat um i don't know if, if it's just not worked for one reason or another this season you do look at the recruitment and i'm not sure it's been particularly good but uh, uh it's just hasn't hasn't worked out for sheffield united for one reason or another and uh I think that is curtains for them. So a Fulham win and Josh Madger to get on the score sheet for this one. I like it. And I, I, it's just looking through that Fulham squad, there is quality there. There's some very, very good quality players. I think even in the defence, I mean, Anthony Robinson and Ola Ainer, the fullbacks have got, done very well. Ainer got the goal against um, uh, Burnley uh, midweek. Uh, Robinson's been playing well. He got an odd red card against Chelsea, if we remember back to then. Uh, moving up, Ruben Loftus Cheek has been playing some of his better football we've seen from him recently. All right, I, I'm never going to get the guy's full name. Uh, Angisa, Frank Zambo. There's another name I'm missing in there. Angisa, one of the best names in the league, and he's done a very, very good job as a kind of industrious midfielder in there. Uh, so I've got the likes of Tom Kearney in there, putting in a shift every now and then. And then up front, I, re- I really liked Maja when he was playing for Sunderland, and then moved to Leon. Or was it was it Leon? It was Bordeaux, Bordeaux, um, forgive me, uh, moved to Bordeaux and did quite well for them, got his move back to the Premier League now and hit the ground running. So I don't I don't know if I'd necessarily say that they're going to get back out of the relegation zone, but considering the form that Newcastle are in without any sign of Callum Wilson for a number of weeks due to injury, I don't know. I, th- I, think, I think they could kind of make a bit of a fight out of it and this game would be the perfect place for them to really kick on and make make themselves known as potential safety contenders. So I'm you, also going to back a Fulham win. Do you not look at that Fulham squad though, and then look at like Newcastle squad, and do you not think like, yeah, that is that is a better squad. That squad probably has got more quality in it just now. Anyway, I feel that you know, obviously Wilson's out, but I think if you take like Saint Maximan out of that team, I do think Newcastle. Rec- Recruited quite well. I do like guys like Joe Willock signing. Is it Joe yeah, Willock? Joe Willock signed uh-huh. Um, I, I do think that's a half decent signing to be honest. But I, I just look at that Fulham team and I do really like 
watching them. I think they're yeah. quite an exciting team to watch, to be fair. No, um, I completely Scott agree. Parker. He received a lot of criticism at the start of the season and, and you know, the, the team weren't performing and they weren't getting results. But I don't know, I just think that they've they are quite an exciting team to watch and I wouldn't write them off, definitely not. No, I completely agree. Completely agree with what you said there. Uh, right, Struan, I'm going to come to you next and we're just going to have a quick blast through the last game slash games because I want to talk about Leeds and Southampton because they've obviously got two games uh, each this coming game week. Leeds playing your favourite team, Wolves, and potentially your favourite game of the season, Struan. And then Southampton and the Saints have got Chelsea. A trip to che- uh, no, they're welcoming Chelsea, in fact, before making the trip up to Leeds midweek. What do we reckon kind of coming into it? Do, you th- do we think they're kind of, kind of coming to this one? I would wager that Chelsea get a result against Southampton at the weekend. So Southampton might be coming into this one off a loss. They're not exactly in the best shape at the moment. And Leeds, they kind of started looking a bit better and then just get absolutely battered by Arsenal. And Wolves kind of got a result last weekend as well, if I'm right. So I, I don't know how good I'm feeling about either of these two teams coming into this weekend, if I'm honest. I think I think if I was if I was a Southampton fan, I'd be very worried. I think Kyle Walker Peters I think picked up another injury. If anybody has him in fantasy, so he he'll be unavailable. And I think I think his injury kind of started the downfall of Southampton and this this sticky patch that they've had. I think the replacements have been very just not up to it on that side. And I think I just I just don't know Southampton's sort of bubbles burst if they've just lost their confidence because at the start of the season they were fantastic. I think they were top of the table at one point back in maybe October September time, but. They've just sort of crumbled away, and even even at the weekend when they were absolutely, I I only watched um the first half against Wolves, and they were absolutely fantastic. The goal that they scored, I'm surprised it's not been really publicised. Then it was a fantastic volley from Ings set up by Stuart Armstrong, who's great in that game and their um FA Cup tie with Wolves than previously in the week. But then they just they just fell apart again in the second half, and I don't know if it's a mentality thing, if it's fatigue, or or what the issue is with them. But if I I think I'd really fancy Chelsea to to win this one quite comfortably as well. But then, of course, Chelsea have Atletico Madrid coming up in the Champions League and you'd think, you know, is there maybe some rests, you know, who, who can be mm. benched for that one? So I think there's difficult there. Leeds, I'm, I really, like, Leeds are such an enjoyable team to watch, but at the same time, the defending makes me so angry at how easily they give away goals. And it's not just the fact that they're poor at conceding goals. It's how many they're just suddenly scored at once. You know, in the United game, Scott McTominay had two in the opening three minutes. I seem to remember the game against Arsenal. They scored two or three within quite quick succession, and you just sort of think, you know, stop, stop attacking for a minute and, <laughs> and just calm down. But I think that could be it is Leeds Southampton. So is it, wait, what? I've missed that. Up. Yeah, no, 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 no. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. So I think I think that could be quite an entertaining game to watch on the eye. Leeds Wolves. Uh, um, you know, <laughs> it's, 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 it's just the you're... team who defend against a team who attack and I just I just don't think it's going to be a very watchable game you're not going to look out for this one at all I'll I'll not be watching this one tonight I'll be watching the new episode of One Division I think instead lovely entertainment value there so yeah um, Chelsea will beat Southampton Leeds and Southampton will have a really high scoring game but I'm not quite sure who'd actually who'd win that one outright and I think Wolves and Leeds will be a pretty boring game I wouldn't. I wouldn't bother watching it. Although maybe Leeds, eh, sorry, Wolves. This season has totally kicked on now that they came back from behind to beat Southampton two one, and they're going to go on from here. Maybe do some good stuff. You just never can tell, can you? No, you really cannot. 
Right, that is going to wrap up wildcard options for this week. Now we're going to close out the show, as always, with our Locked In 11. And we are here with Locked In 11. This is a segment of the show where we look at games we've discussed, games we've not, and pull it all together to give you the best group of players possible to succeed in your mini leagues this weekend. We always start with goalkeepers and defenders because they all get clean sheet points. Who are we backing on keeping a clean sheet this weekend? Struan, I'm coming to you because I have a feeling that your club will keep a clean sheet this weekend. I'd love them to keep a clean sheet, but I think the issue with goalkeeper is I don't actually know who will probably start. I think Luke Shaw is is a very solid fantasy pick now. I think defensively, you know, there's potential clean sheets, but I think going forward, I think he's one of the highest chance creators in the league this season. He's had the most league assists in 2021 so far as well, and I just think... He's actually quite a good player now. So I think if, you, if you're going to go for a Man United defender, I think it has to be him. I don't think Wan-Bissaka is going to get you that many points in centre-backs. Um, yeah, I'd avoid them. But I think what I've got at the moment, I've got Ederson, which is a bit of a nightmare because I think Man City will concede, but I've already taken a points hit. And my goalkeeper on the bench is Fraser Forster, who I think could make an appearance against either Chelsea or Leeds. So I'm a bit, I'm a bit unsure of, over who to play in that position. Stuff I've got I've got one Bissaka in my team. I I would back Man United to keep a clean sheet to be honest. Uh Jamie, I've got Chelsea and Man City coming up though in terms of defenders. True, so. but I mean if you've got mm-hmm. them in for this game, I certainly wouldn't get rid. Yeah, yeah, keep them at least one more week. Jamie, what about yourself? Who who are you backing to keep a clean sheet this weekend? Well, I told you that I had dropped Ederson f- uh, to the bench for this week. I do think Arsenal will do okay. Uh, obviously I brought in a Bamiang as well. So it would be daft to keep Ederson in there. I don't have any City defenders anymore. I got rid of them when Diaz got injured. And uh, Alex McCarthy is in my goals. Double game week. Um, and again, it's a gamble. Um, but again, it's sort of going against the norm because obviously they play Chelsea and Leeds. I know uh, Struan uh, has been a massive Timo Werner advocate. And I know Timo Werner is uh, starting to hit a bit of form. Um, which is, is something I never thought I would say. I know. So, um, yeah, it's just a bit of a gamble going against the kind of guys like Werner and Bamford who a lot of people have in their team um, and going with Alex McCarthy to keep uh, two clean sheets. But if he keeps one, I'll be happy. I don't want to play Ederson because I think Arsenal will score and I didn't want to make transfers in, in goals, made them elsewhere. So one clean sheet out of two for Alex McCarthy and I will be happy, but obviously preferably against Leeds. <laughs> Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, Graham, how about yourself? Who do you see keeping a clean sheet this weekend? Uh, well, James Justin will keep a clean sheet because he's not playing. True, well, yeah. So I want to keep, uh, keep him in my team. Uh, I've also got Tyreek Mitchell, who... Oh, he's still playing. He's still, no, he's not playing. Does he still play? He doesn't, he, no, he doesn't play anymore. He doesn't play anymore, so uh, <laughs> I, I put him in because he'll keep a clean sheet. Uh, I still have Ezra Conza in, who's been a good one from the whole season. Yeah, he and has I keep, been. And I keep Robbo in because I love Robbo. So. Do you back either of Consa or Robertson to keep a clean sheet this weekend? Or? I haven't really put them. I think I've put both to not keep clean sheets, but I've got them in, so you should put them in. There you go. Great. Graham is still doing fairly well. Graham is still above Struan, Taylor and Sean in our league. So. I'm actually. Yeah, you're fifth, mate. <laughs> you guys suck. <laughs> Me, me. Especially, you, especially you, Struan. And Sean gave up. That's and again. <laughs> no, Sean, Sean started playing again. Uh, no, no, he, gave, he gave up for a period of time, though, and then came back. Sean had and, Marcus uh, Alonso on his team. He's actually uh, taking it seriously. 
And Taylor's an idiot, so he was always going to beat him. <laughs> but Strunix, it's a bit better for him. You've played the whole season. We have had Vernon the whole season, so you're an idiot. I, I, Timo Vernon was my captain. At least 8 out of... 80% of the games. Yeah, you deserve just all you get. He did deserve all you get. I wish you were last. Oh, 100%. <laughs> I wish you were last. <laughs> the poor I boy. I probably will become the end of this, in all honesty. Like. I think I'm consigned to fourth, to be honest. I think I'm happy with fourth place. Ja- Jamie, Champions League next year? Jamie keeps pushing away from me, which I don't like, but... Hey, somebody has to keep, somebody have to come fourth, and I'll, I'll happily let it be me, considering the bottom for the majority. Uh, midfield. Let's talk about midfielders. Who would we back creating some goals this weekend? Any? any? Oh, no, I, n- I never gave actually a defensive shot. I brought in Olaena at Fulham, uh, just off the, off a whim of uh, me taking a break in this recording to go to the bathroom. I was just pondering, and I have made a double double move. I, I've taken a point that I've brought in Olaena in my back line, playing alongside Wan Bissaka and Andy Robertson. And I've made a midfield change as well, so we'll get onto that right now when we look at midfielders and who's going to be creating opportunities, chances, goals and assists this weekend. Who are we backing? Jamie McIntosh, who are we backing? Uh, who am I backing? Who am I backing? Uh, well, Gundogan's on the bench. Um, as I say, I'd already taken a point at I I don't think he'll play, so uh, he's he's sitting on the bench. Uh, Bamiang is the transfer that I made in midfield. So he has come in, as I say, again, I do think Arsenal will do okay. Um, I think they'll I think they'll probably score, and I could see him being a part of that. Uh, I've got Bruno Fernandes and Marcus Rashford. I think Rashford is the next one to be sacrificed. Uh, I think I will get rid of him and potentially try and recruit, recruit Kevin De Bruyne. Ooh, um, I have only the two City players just now, so I, I do have room for, for De Bruyne, and I do think the budget at the moment allows it. And I've got Thomas Suchek against West Ham. Um, I do think if against Antonio... Spurs, for West Ham. Sorry, yes. Did I say against West Ham? Sorry. You did. Um, I'm sure the, the listeners knew what I meant. But, Absolutely. Uh, yes, Thomas Suchek, uh, deadly in the air. I expect West Ham to probably be a, a threat from uh, set pieces, and uh, I could see him getting involved, getting, a, getting another headed goal. Lovely. Graham? I'm going to use this one to just point out that there's people on, that have good points in midfield that I had no idea are having as good a season as they were because as we have noted that I have not been watching as much. I did not know Harry Barnes had 112 points. That's crazy. Eight goals, four assists. That's mental. Pedro Neto's got 105 points. Since when? <laughs> Since you stopped watching, mate. Five goals, six assists. Jack Harrison's at 96. Shit's crazy, yo. <laughs> it's, it's a bit mental, to be honest, mate. I don't really have any opinions on who you should put your team. I don't, I'm not really putting thought in it to my own team. I, don't, I won't change that. So I'm not going to give the rest of people the opportunity to pick their own team. No free advice unless you're using no it No free advice, exactly. I, I respect don't. it. I've got to respect it, mate. Don't do anything for free if you can get paid for it. I don't get paid for anything. <laughs> Why do you do these podcasts then? Because I'm bored. Yeah, we'll it. take that. We'll, that's, that's absolutely fine with us. And enjoy spending time with my friends. Just spending time with you as well, Graham. Well, it's good. It's helping My friends, out. Strewn and Jamie. Hi. Lovely. Strewn, <laughs> 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 put me out of my misery here. Give me, give me some, give me some midfield options, please. 
I mean, is the, I mean, is the point after finding out I'm behind Graham on the table and oh, <laughs> as we've just discussed him. I've got Hyungman Son, I've got Mo Salah, I've got Bakayo Saka, who could be better than um, Phil Foden, as recent shouts have, have been on Twitter recently. Mm. That's going to be some kind of storyline. No, I personally do not agree with that. And I've also got Thomas Suchek, so my two central midfielders kind of cancel each other out. Do you know what, my whole team sort of cancels each other out this week, yeah, just looking at it. I've got I've got two Man City defenders and I've got two Arsenal attackers. So, uh, yeah, I've also, got, I've also got an Everton defender and Mo Salah. So, and I've got Robertson, so, yeah. Fernandez, Mount, Suchek, James Ward-Prowse with a double game week and new recruit Phil Foden. That is, that is my midfield for this week. And I would, I would like to see... Mount, Mount, Mount got a goal against Southampton last season. A childhood Portsmouth fan, I think he might do it again if he plays. Mason Mount is? Yeah. Oh, Grew up in the Chelsea uh, Hometown was Portsmouth. He was born in Portsmouth. Oh, you learn something new every day. You do, mate. That, that, that's why I like putting these podcasts on. I like teaching my friends new things. Pointless things, but new things nonetheless. Uh, right, strike force. Who is bagging goals this weekend, lads? Uh, Garvey. I, th- well, I think Renner could go again. It rhymes with burner. Um, <laughs> he scored two against Southampton last time, to be fair. Yeah, did he not? I think, I swear he seemed to just take advantage of that high line and Southampton could deal with him. Was it not one where he was literally just, the ball got loose behind and he just ran onto it? Yeah. I think, I think he'll have that success again, and especially if there's no Kyle Walker-Peters and he's going to be playing sort of in that left channel again, I think he'll have quite a lot of joy down there. Tuchel has said so that I'm, is his best position. Yeah, back of those. I think that's where he was mostly good at, at Leipzig last season with Poulsen as well. I've captained Werner this week, because as we say, I expect that. Uh, I've also got Ollie Watkins, who's playing Leicester, because there's just not many other good striker options, as shown that my other striker is Lacazette, who probably... Do you know, every time I make a transfer in fantasy, the players had three or four good games, and I think, yep, yeah, I'm going to bring them in. And then as soon as I do, they either get injured, they go out of form, or the entire team just becomes awful. As soon as I put Youngman Son in, Tottenham have been bad. As soon as I put Lacazette in, he's been <laughs> dropped. It's, it's absolute nightmare, honestly. Ha- same happened with Werner right at the start of the season. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Lacazette, Werner and Ollie Watkins are my three up front. Not bad, not bad at all. Jamie, how about yourself? Well, uh, <laughs> this is this is pretty big. Um, oh. So, Matt just come in, yes. as I said. Who's got a really squeaky... Sorry. It's my, cha- it's my chair. I'm just excited to talk about fantasy football, my friend. So, Josh Madger has come in, as I said. Ollie Watkins retains his place in the front three. And uh, Danny Ings with a double game week as well. I like He is it. my captain. Mm-hmm. And the only tool I have not used yet is triple captain. Oh. Mr... Mr. Ings is going to be given the armband times free <laughs> this weekend. He is going to be my triple captain. I believe I am right in saying the first of the the troops, councillors, guests to use the triple captain tool. So uh, let's hope it's Danny Ings and not Fanny Ings. Oh, very good. Very nice, very nice. I wish I could title it that, but I really can't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't I don't know. Has anyone else? Stroon, I thought you wasted triple captain at some point, did you not? 
I've actually survived. I've not played, but I thought, I'm going to do it. Why not? I've got nothing to lose. Who did you pick, Stroon? Timo Werner. Oh my god. He's my main man. But he's only got one game week. Is he not? He'll just have to score double the goals to make up for it then. That's so stupid. Punch in the face after four minutes and just take it off. Isn't that what happened with everyone's triple captain last year? Was it Manny? Manny. Manny in the Wolves game last year, me and Raph were just, we were at the pub and we just were gutted the rest of the night because we'd wasted our triple captain. Oh, Stroom wasn't gutted last year because I told Stroom we were picking and pretty sure you picked Trent with me. He did pick Trent, yeah. I did miss Trent, he did very well. And he did very well. And that's because, if you guys remember, I won last year when the You did win last year. When the season was good and proper, it actually meant something. This (laughs) This season, as we all know, doesn't count in England. It only counts in Scotland. So well, a season I've, only I've counts if your team's really... winning. Uh, yes, pretty much, Jack. Right. Fair I've just had a horrible thought that Venner actually might get rested for the Atletico game. Oh, undo it then, you numb nuts! I can't. I've already confirmed it. You can't undo it. <laughs> you can. Can you? Can I undo yeah, it? Yeah, I'm looking at cancel. Yeah. But you're I'm a pussy. Like... You're a total pussy cat if you do that. Now. I know. Sure, no, 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 you should have told him that. I swear you can't. Yeah, I no, I don't can. think you can. Oh, like. I can actually. Yeah. Yeah, no, you, you can. can oh shit! <laughs> you can, but you really can't because it's against oh, no, yeah, the, it's cancel, against the pirate so code. <laughs> it's not the Jedi way. <laughs> the parlay. parlay. <laughs> <laughs> Graham, give it, give us a striker that's getting a goal. Well, I trouble Captain Patrick Bamford for because Jamie did. did that's it that's, that's and, a good shout, to be fair. Is it Bamford has twelve goals and eight assists, man? And he's got and he's got two games last weekend. What pets is he taking? <laughs> Whatever wins uh, Taylor Murray is not a, not unrealised exists because he continues uh, to. Uh, hate that's Bamford. the kind of things you can't say in a podcast that has lots of viewers, but I can say it in this podcast because I don't think Patrick Bamford's going to sue me for a defamation of his character. I, yeah, this is true. Me, I'm saying that I said he's on Pete's. I don't do that. <laughs> I said it. Listen, listen to my listen to my podcast where I said you you're on drugs. <laughs> Yeah, I've put Patrick Bamford to be a triple captain, and I think he's going to score six goals in the two games. And I'm going to shoot the table. Six goals overall. Oh, whatever you whatever you want, really. (laughs) This is is going a bit chaotic, and this is good. Yeah, that the last I knew I was I only came into the the team to cause chaos, and that's what I'm doing. You did no, you did you did warn us of this. To be fair, Mm -hmm. Uh, I've chucked. Oh, when you go, carry on. Nah, I've got nothing else to say. No? Go on, on the leads. <laughs> I've got Bamford, and I've got... Um, Copycat. D- fair enough. I've got Ollie Watkins as well. And Antonio's on my bench, because I'm not entirely sure he's going to he's gonna play. And I think, with that, that is going to bring this episode of the Fancy Ramble to a fairly chaotic end, and we love Graham for it. Thank you very much for listening to this one. Uh, make sure to subscribe to The Ramble wherever you get your podcast to make sure new episodes show up automatically on your feed and follow us over on Twitter at Fantasy Ramble to see all of our host predictions for this game week's fixtures. I promise I'll actually do them this week. Uh, thanks very much to Strew and Jamie and Graham for joining me today. Make sure to check out the Football Roundup on Monday and extra time next Thursday before we return on Friday as usual. Until then, my name's Jack Donnelly. This has been the Fantasy Ramble by Energy Sport. Thank you very much for listening and we'll see you next time.